Hi, welcome to Ha'igeret, or The Message, a unique journal of original and plagiarized Jewish thought in the merit of my grandfather, Benjamin Ari Ben Leah, for a refuish lema, a complete healing for Esther Batsipura, and for all of those affected by the Surfside tragedy. How do you ask a friend, a loved one, an acquaintance, a co-worker for something that you want? Do you remind them of the deeds that you've done for them? Do you remind them how much they love you? Or do you simply ask? According to Rashi, Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki, the way to do it is to simply ask. Those who are righteous do not expect their rewards in this world, olam hazeh. They know their rewards await them in the world to come, olam haba. And this sort of straight-up ask is what Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, our teacher, does in this week's Parsha, Ve'etchanan. As we've read before, Moshe was prohibited from entering the land of Israel with B'nai Israel, but that did not stop him from pleading, praying to God to be let in. Not even to live there or to lead the people, he was just asking God to be able to enter the land, walk it, and observe the mitzvot that can only be observed there. According to the Midrash, Moshe implored God 515 times to enter the land. We know this because the gematria, the numerical value of the word va'etchanan, which means I implored, is 515. 515 is also the numerical value of my name, Shira, which means singing, as well as the words fila, which means prayer. So I implored, prayer, and singing all have the same gematria. There's some symbolism there. I, you can think about it. I'm not really getting into it now. But what we learn from this is that God commands Moshe to stop praying, which implies that if Moshe were to have sent out his 516th prayer, he would have been allowed into the land. Perhaps Moshe knew that his 516th prayer would have been the ticket, especially after being explicitly told not to continue praying. And yet he listens. If you wanted something and knew that you were this close to pushing the outcome over the edge, wouldn't you be tempted to keep wheedling on? Because I know that I would. Here we learn that prayer does not fall on deaf ears. Our prayers are always answered, but sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes we understand immediately why that was the case, other times it takes years, and most likely we will never know. But prayer isn't just for God to see how righteous we are. Prayer is also a reflective experience, as well as a reflexive one, too. This is a common concept to reference, but the Hebrew verb, lehit palel, to pray, is a reflexive verb, meaning that you do the praying to yourself, lehit palel. How can that be? Aren't we asking God for something? Yes, but we are also praying for the sake of ourselves. When we articulate our desires, we are able to visualize what we want. But then how do we deal with this denial, with this answer of no? I guess emuna, with faith. Or just recognition that we are simple human beings, yes, human beings, that cannot comprehend the ways of the world. It's not a very comforting thought, but it can be if we have the proper context. I'm literally always working on this, but off the top of my head right this moment, I can think of five instances where I davened, where I prayed and cried over some experience, job, or person, only to see that the outcome I desired was 100% the wrong one. I try to remind myself of these truths when I'm frustrated with what I'm perceiving as an answer that is no. So back to this word va'etanan, meaning to beg or to plead. It's rooted in the Hebrew word chinun, which according to Rashi implies requesting a free gift, which reminds me of something that I once heard about the concept of love. If you ask someone why they love you, it would be nice to hear a few reasons, maybe your incomparable wit, your incredible emotional intelligence, your beautiful eyes, etc. But what happens if these reasons were to go away? Wouldn't the love go away too? 
when we give for no reason, when we love for no reason, we are really giving and loving for the most important reason, baseless love. Love that is intrinsic and impossible to extricate. Obviously, Moshe did want his request to be met, or he wouldn't have been asking, but perhaps he recognized that it wasn't meant to be honored. He was asking to ask for the purpose of putting his request out there in the world and waiting to see what the best outcome would be. Later in Vayetchanan, we hear the Ten Commandments, as Sarah Tadib wrote, for the second time. After they are listed, Moshe goes on describing how these words were shared with B'nai Israel, the children of Israel. Moshe says that God spoke to them with a great voice that did not cease. Kol gadol velo yasaf. Okay, so a great voice makes sense. We can definitely imagine a powerful, great voice of God. But what does it mean that it did not cease? The Midrash gives a few explanations, one being that the voice of God did not have an echo. That means that it did not cease. How could the voice of God that reverberated around the whole world when this happened not have echoed, though? Just thinking practically, I guess echoes happen when there is a wide, open, empty space with nothing nearby to absorb the sound. Like how doing karaoke in an empty house or a bare bathroom has excellent acoustics. You can hear how you sound because there's nothing around to absorb your singing. So what's the miracle? What's the point of this no echo here? From this detail, we learn that the only way to lead a life of conviction, you must absorb fully the word of God. The miracle is that the word of God did reverberate around the world, but was also completely internalized by the people. There was no echo, not a single decibel. Is that a unit of sound? Not a single decibel was lost. The words did not go in one ear and out the other or bounce off those who were distracted. They were completely internalized into every heart and every soul that was around. B'nai Yisrael didn't just hear the word of God, they absorbed it. It's easy to hear, just, just to hear, but it's hard to internalize. Have you ever resolved to stop watching so much TV or to start exercising more or to go to sleep earlier? What's happening when this goal doesn't happen? Is it that we decided it's not important anymore to be productive or to be healthy or to be well-rested? No, of course, we still know that it's something that we should strive for, but for whatever reason, this idea was not properly internalized. So as we absorb the word of God at Sinai, we should strive to absorb the word of God in our daily lives. And separately, we should try to absorb our own intentions for ourselves more fully, like the exercising more or watching the TV or going to sleep earlier. It's all for our own benefit, so I'm working on that as always, um, and I hope you will too. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. Shabbat Shalom. All the best.